So guys, I just need to share this incredible new company that I have partnered with called Blue Blocks. I personally use my Blue Blocks glasses every day while doing work from home, and I am literally obsessed with them. First off, as a celebrity stylist and fashionista, I really feel that these glasses could be picked right off of a shelf without even knowing all the health benefits that it possesses. They are so chic. Like, I'm not kidding. And the actual health benefits of these glasses include using state-of-the-art technology to block out both blue and green light, which has been scientifically proven to help with better sleep, recovery, and your optimal wellness. And for me, hello, any extra ways to help me sleep nowadays while being so pregnant, this mama needs it. I also want to recommend their Remedy Sleep Mask. As you guys know, I love to sleep with a mask at night, and I wear this mask at night, and I swear it helps me fall asleep faster than sometimes Amelia falls asleep. You should totally check out their kit selection, too, for my mamas, and check out their website, and you can see all the ways that helps reduce the strain on your kids' eyes from their tablets, mobile devices, which is super important nowadays. So make sure to go to Blue Block's website, which is B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. That spells B-L-U-B-L-O-X. So one more time, B-L-U-B-L-O-X dot com and use the code AllieLevine15 to get 15% off your first order. If you have any questions, then message me, obviously, on my Instagram account at Design. You guys know I always answer and I will answer any questions on your orders, even like style questions on the frames and all that good stuff. And you guys can also check out on my Instagram stories. I've been promoting the discount because I'm obsessed with these glasses. I promise you, you're going to be obsessed too. And personally, I never knew I looked so good in glasses. So check out Blue Walks, guys. Welcome back to Strip Down. I'm so excited for having this mama on today. I was on her amazing podcast, GIT Mom, Get It Together Mom. And now she's on my podcast today. I have the amazing Irene Heidelberger. She is the founder of Get It Together Mom, a nationally renowned parent coaching and advice company that empowers moms to feel in control in this totally out of control experience we call parenting. Get It Together Mom is the only coaching company in the country focusing on mom's happiness rather than just the kids. Get It Together Mom uses a fail-proof seven-step system with its clients to create a harmonious home because happy, confident, independent moms raise well-adjusted, self-assured, and happy kids. Isn't that the truth? By living the Get It Together Mom principles every day, Irene gets to support her daily loves of Pinot Noir, reality TV, and fitness while giving her three boys the parenting they need to thrive. In addition to the coaching mommies around the country, Irene can be found everywhere from Huffington Post to Today's Show, expert on hot button parenting issues. She's been seen as an expert on so many different shows, you guys, on NBC, Fox Chicago, Sirius Radio. Really, Google her, you'll find her. She's just got amazing tips. I adore Irene and like her funniness, her lightheartedness, her rawness. We just immediately clicked. So I had to have her on today as my guest. So Irene, welcome to Strip Down. Hey, Allie. Thank hey. you so much for having me. It's great You're welcome. to see you. Yes, you too. I'm so excited to have you today. And I just, you know, I, I just love how honest and raw you are and just everything you do because, you know, I'm pretty much the same. And I love that you're just like, hey, listen, parenting is a shit show. And like parenting we, can be garbage. Yeah. And it can be boring and Groundhog's Day. And exactly. right, it's important to talk about it and it not is. pretend it's Instagram. Right. Totally. And we said like not pretend to be in these like 
perfect, you know, filters and these perfect Pinteresty moms. Like it's just not our thing. And it's like, sure, okay, if that's your thing, good for you. But you and me, it's not. <laughs> um, no. And I just love that about you. And I love that you Thank just you. talk about, you know, how it can be hard and you want to provide support and you want to provide tips. And again, like we love being moms, but it doesn't mean you can't say this is hard or like you said, this is garbage or today is a shit show or I'm losing my mind. I don't know. What or do. you know what? I don't like, or I don't like my kid right now. Oh, totally. How about that? Right. Let's be real. It's right. okay to say that. Right. right. Because they can think the same of you. I don't like my mom right now. So, <laughs> or my dad, or whatever. Right. So before we like really get into it, because I have so many things I want to talk to you about and ask you and specifically, of course, things to me, because, you know, I've got to <laughs> get my tips in here. I want you to just go in a little bit more about you and kind of how you came into the space. Obviously you're a mama and all that, but like how to get it together, mom, kind of start and like, where did this all come from? And obviously now this has turned into a successful business. All right. So get mom is seven years old and I am a mom of three boys. And you know what? It, when I had my first son 16 years ago, reality TV did not exist. I mean, I know you guys Damn. can, I mean, right. I'm a dinosaur, but so, I mean, I know you guys cannot no, even envision this. No, not at all. Like you look fabulous. Go to her, you'll see, go to her social. She doesn't look like a dinosaur at all. She looks fabulous. So whatever, continue. Well, thank you. But thank you to my Botox doctor <laughs> and all of the treatments. Don't make that me go jealous. On. Can't do Botox, you know, I'm breastfeeding. Can't oh, do Botox for a while. That's Couldn't okay. You do don't it, need you know, it. After I stopped with Amelia because then I got pregnant. So I've just been like, boom, 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 boom. So Botox is like a good probably year or two away for me, but, I, but, I'll, but I'll enjoy looking at yours. All right. All right. You can live vicariously through my wrinkle-free forehead. All right. So, <laughs> so reality TV didn't exist. And parenting was like the, the, the quote unquote experts were the three male pediatricians who had written tombs about how to sleep train. And I was like, you know what? I'm fucking tired and I cannot read this book. And I just want to know what to do to get my kid Cole to sleep. So I had a phone call and with my girlfriend, she had a child a little bit older and I was like, all right, I need, I need him to sleep. Also, why does he scream from 4 to 8 p.m.? She's like, oh, that's the witching hour. I was like, the witching that's, hour, yes. That is, oh, that's, gar I, I, I'm like, what? And she's like, okay, just here's what you're going to do. And I said, okay, here, what, would I, what do I do? She's like, write this down. And I, and I was like, oh, I like that. I like that. I like a plan. So she gave me ideas. And I sat at my kitchen counter and I wrote the ideas down. And I thought, yes. This is what I need in my life. I just need someone to tell me exactly what to do. I don't want to read all these pages. And I'm too tired to even comprehend what all these pages mean. So her tips worked. And then I thought, gosh, why, why, are there, why, are there, why aren't there any resources that are so simple? Just like one, two, three, bang. Here, here's your problem. Here's what you do. Let's move on. Let's fix your parenting you know, issues. and be happy. And then, all right. So then I figured it out after nine months, I, you know, sleep trained Coley and got him on a nap schedule and all my girlfriends, we would go to lunch. And then at like one fifteen, I would pop up. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta peel out of here. Cause Cole's <laughs> going to nap from two to four. And they're yep. like, what? I need my golden time. Yep. Right. yep. And they're like, what? They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm going to sit on the couch and watch the view. Cause he's going to nap for two hours and I'm just going to hang. They're like, 
that's, in, that's amazing. I need to know all your secrets. And I'm like, okay. So then I officially, like unofficially started just kind of giving them tips and they're like, oh my God, you've changed my life. So then we had Gray and then we had Wells and I kept helping all of my- by the way. Oh, thank you. Well, you know what? With Heidelberger, we had to go like <laughs> one sy- syllable. And actually, Wells was named for the street we got engaged on in Chicago um, Lincoln Park. Sweet. I love that. Thank you. Um, and Gray was named after Graydon Carter, the former editor of Vanity Fair, who I adore all of his political viewpoints, which we're not going to get into. He's not with Vanity Fair anymore. But um, so everyone, each of them have- uh, Oh, that's cool. I love it. All right. Thanks. Okay. So long story short, uh, fast forward to back to eight years ago. And I unofficially, you know, I, I helped my girlfriend. She's like having her second child. And she said, I can't go through this again. You know, she was walking like her oldest son was waking up at 4am. They were allowing it. They were walking him around the block just to get out of the house to have something to do. They, he was ruling the home. They had no structure. He was always melting down. And honestly, they didn't really care for their son. Like they didn't say that out loud, but it was just real, it was just a really tough parenting situation. And she was pregnant with her second. And she said, please, I beg you, please help me because I cannot go through this again. And I said, I'll be honest with you. I don't know that I want to waste my time because your first child is a bit out of control and I don't know that it can be changed. And again, like I'm very honest and I'm just like, let's, I, and I feel women have a really hard time being straightforward and that is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And of course, not everyone loves my delivery, but it comes with such love and support and warmth because if a family is coming to me, it's because something isn't working and I am here to envelop them in tips and tools to fix the shit. So we, I said, okay, I will help you. So her baby was four months old, sleeping through the night on a four nap schedule. And she said, you need to have a business. And I said, you know, I've thought about it, but I am not an educator. I do not have a teaching background. I come from a business background. I used to be a retail buyer. And so I'm just like black and white. And I think that's how I communicate. Like there's no gray area with Erin Get Mom. It's just, I'm, I'm in or I'm out. I'm not like, I'm not wishy-washy. I'm like, oh, I don't know, you know, like, I'm not going to backtrack. I'm just like, I make a decision. I stand behind it and we move forward. So she's like, you need to have business. So at this point, I was not even on Facebook. And wow. She's like, I know, right? And so I became the most private person you could never find who now is on all of social mediums. I love it. Public people come up to me every day. Are you get mom? Or, you know, they're yelling at me at the street, you know, Hey, get mom. So that is how get mom came to be because my girlfriend shoved me off the cliff. I was not working as I was raising the three boys. I wasn't working and she felt there was a need for it. And I thank her. I thank her and curse her every day because now it's like a, it's, it's a beautiful runaway train. And so now I work with moms in their homes. Well, 
not quite yet, as we are still under quarantine in sure. our country. In, in a normal normal world, you were working. In our normal world, I was working with them in their homes, in their offices during their lunch hour. We would, or we would go to happy hour, or do Skype. So, helping them fix any parenting issue, with always the goal of creating happy mommy time. I love that. And I love that you said, you know, for you and who you are and your brand and as a mom and just as Irene is that you are very black and white. You are very, this is what it is, this is how I'm telling you. And it's like, obviously everyone does things differently. Everybody has different deliveries, you know, different ways they communicate. But myself personally, I really appreciate how raw and honest you are because you know, you know, from me and my own story, like I struggled with so much of creating boundaries and being able to say what was on my mind. And so much, I think of suppressing my feelings, not allowing myself to feel what I was feeling, all those different things, along with how hard motherhood just is for a brand new mom. I think that really contributed to my postpartum depression. And I think that really, I do because I do think, of course, part of it, I think because of genes and everything, like my, my aunt, um, so, you know, Amelia, my first daughter, um, Amelia is named after my grandmother who passed away. who was like my very best friend. So that she was named after her, her sister who's still alive, um, right now is Mary and Mary went through postpartum depression many, many years ago with her own. And we think maybe my mom might've also maybe had a little bit of it with me. And, you know, and again, we know that they didn't have resources back then. So they don't really know. They just know that they felt like shit and nobody gave a shit about them. You know what I mean? So, because back then it was taboo and something must be wrong with you. And, you know, how could you not, you know, feel this way? Or how could you, you know, be thinking- Not love your baby and have three square meals on the table and, you know, be showered in a cute outfit. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Or how could you, you know, not want to bond or how could, you know, all these things that like you don't realize is there's so much deeper layers. And so I do think some of it is genetic because I have something in my family, but I do think that a big part of it for me personally was the fact that I suppressed everything. I didn't know how to create boundaries to say, you know what, I can't do that today because I'm really feeling overwhelmed. I need to worry about this. Or, you know what, I'm feeling really down today, but I can't express it because I feel bad expressing it. You know, just all these different things that I think the combination really did hinder me as a new mom and really added to postpartum depression. So I just have to say, like, I really appreciate you and your honesty and how you push that for moms, not only in get it together, mom and get mom, but also in your own self and who you are as a mother, because I think more moms need to see that to know that it's okay. It's also okay to, to not be that way, but it's okay to not be okay. And to let others know it and to express it and to be honest. And like, if you're losing your mind over not being able, you know, to get your child to nap, it's okay to express it. Like you don't have to just sit there and wallow in your shit and be so upset and be so discouraged. Like, what am I doing wrong? And this, that, it's like, no, get help. Like asking for help is a sign of strength. Right. Right. And you know what I find in social media, especially in the mommy Facebook groups, that what goes on is all the complaining and the woe is me and lack of boundaries and lack of control. And it creates this whining woe is me mentality within the family. And my goal, if I can say to anyone out there, there is no way to feel that way. 
You don't, you don't need to wallow and just accept it. And what goes on when both mom and dad are, you know, kind of lost their way, no one knows what to do, especially, obviously, parenting does not come with a handbook. And if, if, no, one, if no one knows what to do, neither mom or dad know what to do, and, or if one parent knows what to do, but the other is kind of wishy-washy, like, oh, okay, uh, then we're not going to get anywhere. And so my goal in my job with parent coaching, my Get Moms, is to give them a backbone, give them a blueprint, the confidence to stand behind the words and carry through the plan and get everyone on a united parenting front. And everyone is grandma, grandpa, nanny, babysitter. There has to be united front because children really thrive on knowing exactly what to expect. And so I'm not, I'm not saying we're a dictator, but children want to know what to expect. And we're going to get into that when we talk about other topics on, on the podcast today, why Get Mom is not a dictatorship. But the point is when parents feel confident, they're able to carry through strong parenting skills when their child who has a lot more, our children have so much more energy than us when they, like all they do is fight back at us, right? Oh my goodness. I mean, right. They, they don't want to do anything. She has so much energy. I'm just like, yeah. Gosh, where where are you getting this from? And can you give me some? <laughs> I know. No, I know. No, because she's sucked. She, you know, she sucked the life out of you already. Um. So right when so parents feel confident, and they they have a plan on how to carry through their day. Like it's so much. It's so zen. It can be so zen being a mom versus a home filled with chaos. And so that is what I try to instill with my get moms. I love that. And I also love, you know, um, that you said, obviously we're going to get more into that, but like with the whole, you know, they know what to expect. I agree because like us as adults, right? Like obviously right now with quarantine and COVID, it's a little different, but overall as adults, we really need our own routines and we really need to know what we set ourselves up for most days. Obviously every day can be different, but for the most part, you know, you get up, wash your face, take a shower, like whatever it is for me, I do meditations, like whatever it is, that's your thing to do. Part of your routines. Your it just like sets your day. Your children need the same thing. They need to know what is going to set my day. What can I expect? And it's not you must be A, B, and C, but it's like, okay, you have an idea that like when you get up, you brush your teeth in the morning, depending obviously on the child's age and you get up and you wash up and then you go eat breakfast and you know, we do all the things. And it's like, when you don't do that, you feel out of whack. Now, obviously during this time, a lot of us, myself included, have been very out of whack and we've all been out of routine. But I, think oh, just- I was completely out of whack in oh April. God. I was, I was not right. March, April, I was a disaster plus hugely pregnant. I mean, it was just like a shit show on shit show. But, <laughs> but I think the point of that being right is that we even learned in that time how much we need routine. Like all of us eventually had to start figuring out like, okay, this isn't going away anytime soon. So now how am I going to keep it moving? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? I think we've all been learning as adults how to handle routines again and how to recreate those, especially with being home. So why wouldn't our children need the same? So it's just, I just love that you bring that up and explain that because I think a lot of times parents feel like it's like one way or the highway, but it's like, no, it's not like you said, the dictatorship. It's about the fact that we as adults need it. So why wouldn't our children need it? Right. And also the best reason to have a routine, have your child on a routine is because when you know your child 
is going to be either feeding or sleeping, then you know when you can sprinkle in your happy mommy time. So as you know, like I'm all about mom. Mom comes first. There's a seven-step system in getting it together. Number one is sleep, and number seven ends with happy mommy time. So there's things that go on between there to get to the holy grail, which is happy mommy time and bedtime, let's be honest, right? Which, again, wraps back to number one. <laughs> so when, you know, so a lot of families, when I work with them, I'll say, are, you know, how, like, how, what's your personality? Are you, are you type A, OCD, or are you more loosey-goose? And my job is to help the loosey-goose kind of move back, move into a more structured environment because then they are able to get their child on a schedule with the end goal of having their own mommy time or partner time, date nights, and trying to remove the guilt of not being so child focused. Right. Well, and that, so let's, let's talk about putting the me and mommy. Cause I know that's one of the things that you really strive and push for to really teach us mamas is like you just said that mom time. So talk to me about that. All right. So I found as like, so let's go back to how get mom began. So as I was raising Cole, you know, he was less than a year old. I was the only one who was getting back to the gym. I found I was, I didn't even feed him lunch for six months straight because he was always in the gym daycare from 1130 to 130. So he would wake up from his nap at 11 a.m. We would scoot to the gym. I would dump him in the daycare. He would have his yo baby and his cheese and his crackers. And then I would work out. I would see my mom friends. We would bitch about the night before. We would bitch about our husbands. We would bitch about our mother-in-laws. And then I would pick him up at 1.30 and then we would hop in the stroller and get back for his nap from two to four so I could watch the view, right? And so I was getting back to the gym. My husband, Brian, and I were going to happy hour in the city of Chicago. We were getting back. We were going on vacations. And my friends were like, what? Like, how is this all happening? And I, and I thought, and I said, well, when your child sleeps on a set schedule, you know exactly when you can fit in your mommy time. And that, and again, like I said, when we first began, they just, they were like, this is a miracle. And I'm like, it really is. It's really not that hard. I'm not saying parenting and being a mom is not annoying and brutal and exhausting, but when your child is on a schedule, you know exactly what your child needs when. So for example, when I work with families and they say, my kid is always crying. And so I say, well, when did your child wake up? I don't know. I can't remember. How much sleep did your child get? When did your child have breakfast? Did your child have a, a, a snack? Did your child go up for exercise? And, and the parents are just kind of floating around. And I, and I help them instill structure into their child's routine. And along with that, structure helps their child to quit the whining and the tantruming because their child is properly rested and fed and content. And so that's how I kind of came about. I'm like, well, 
what, what am I doing that's different from my girlfriends, my mom, my new mom friends, who, by the way, I was just like meeting at the grocery store or target. I was like, I'm a loser. I need a friend. And, and who do you know? And you want to hang out and, and that's like a really important thing. Like we all have to date each other. We have to just, oh, stick totally. our right. We just got to like stick our head out there and, you know, feel like the loser because you know people are always just gonna stare at us like you're weird I don't want to talk to you like you know but it's a date it's like speed dating right like speed totally. yeah yeah yeah, totally. right. so, yeah. Well, I know that I'm like totally ramming but the point is when you as a mom are happy and content the groundhogs days of parenting annoy you less because I mean, your kid is going to melt down and cry like babies cry. But when you're fulfilled because you've escaped and gotten off mommy Island, when you come back into being a mom, it's less annoying because your brain is fulfilled and active and thinking about how you like filled your cup up and you got, even if you just like sat on your closet floor for 10 minutes and looked at in style and had some tea that is like really nourishing is like you know basic it's super basic right and, and so then you go back in to your kid like what you know why like having a total tantrum because you won't give her another welch's fruit snacks and you're like you know what i'm just gonna think about that super cool purse that i saw in in style and think about that while you like you have your temper tantrum. And I don't really care because I just got off mommy Island and you're going to, you can cry, but I, but my whole being is not my whole, like, I'm not a terrible mom because you're crying. I am not going to get wrapped up into your crying little girl, like little daughter, because I already had my time. And so I recognize you're just going to, you're going to cry. Kids cry and that's okay. It doesn't mean that we are terrible moms when our kid cries. Right. And adults cry, right? Like we all have our moments, like things happen, right? Maybe not, we don't cry as often as a child does, but, right. but we, we still have emotions too. And, and I, and I also have been learning that like when Amelia has her toddler meltdowns, like, and you know what, because she is on a schedule, like right now she's napping and like because overall she does know what to expect. I agree with you. Like she is a very happy, everyone always says to me, she's so happy. She's so easy. And I'm like, it's not that she's easy. Don't get me wrong. I feel blessed. Like she has a great personality. She really is probably like easy in that sense. But I also feel very in tune with her. And I feel very aligned that I understand that like overall most days she knows what to expect. She knows this is how things are going to roll. She gets up at this time. She does this. She does that. We play. Then mom works. Then she watches a little bit of a show she likes. Then we play. Then she has a snack. Then it's lunch. Then it's nap. So it's like, she knows. Like today, perfect example. She was watching Chip and Potato, her favorite freaking show ever on Netflix. And I was nursing Arlie, you know, because Arlie's five weeks old and nursing like crazy. And so I'm like holding Arlie and I'm sitting with her. She's watching her show and I'm <laughs> answering emails and, you know, and, and, you know, Amelia's running around and she started to get a little bit witching. And I said, okay, 10 minute warning. And I let her know always. And I'm like, it's nap time in 10 minutes. And she looks at me and I'm like, you've watched two shows. You had your snack. It's now time. Oh, okay. And she'll fight me. 
but she knows. And I'll, and I'll take her in the room and I'll read her a book. She loves books. I'll read her a book before she goes down for a nap and I sing her a song. And she looks at me and she's like, it's nap time. I said, yeah, it's time to take a nap. And today she didn't want to. And I was like, mama has to work. You did everything you were supposed to do. When you get up, we will play. Daddy will be back. Grammy will be back, you know, because we're at my in-laws. And she's like, oh, okay, okay, love you, mama, and lays down. And, and, and every day, obviously, is not that smooth. But I agree with you that because they know what to expect, because they know how they're set up, it's less of a fight. Now, it's hard as shit to get them there in the beginning and make that schedule. But once you do, then they understand it. And then you're in flow and you're in sync. And yeah, there are days where she won't cooperate and she doesn't want to go down for a nap and I have to cancel podcasts or to cancel what I was going to do to relax and have my me time because such is life and that's just the way it is. But I agree with you. It's far and few between. And I've also started to find even with having, you know, a newborn, like that sweet spot of like allowing myself time, whether it be to podcast or just to relax or take a nap or whatever I choose to do in that mommy time that I'm able to be like, okay, I can stay somewhat sane because I know what to expect for myself as well. 100%. And what happens is parents are too beaten down to instill the boundaries. They're too tired because our children, like, you know, we were talking about, they have much more energy to fight back at us. And so when a child isn't sleeping, that means mom and dad are definitely not sleeping. So it's really hard to instill the boundaries. And that's why I go back with my get mom families and I say, how is your child sleeping? So once we are able to fix the sleep, then we're able to go into the schedule because our child's always going to fight back at us. Like, right, like you said, she, Amelia, she doesn't want to take a nap. You know, even though I would kill for a nap, right? Like, you know, how, how amazing. Like, who doesn't want to go down for a nap, right. set nap every single day? Not wonderful, <laughs> right. <laughs> and so what goes on is once the, fam the entire family is sleeping, then we can work into the schedule. And what's really great, and I'm all about proactive discipline. I mean, I'm also about discipline when, when, the wheels have come off the bus. Then we got to go into dealing with temper tantrums and timeouts and what to do to curb naughty behavior. But my sweet spot is being proactive because that is a much gentler way to discipline. And all, all it is, it's all about communicating basic boundaries. And you know how you mentioned in 10 minutes, we're going to take a nap. I'm all about the five, two, one. All that is, is in five minutes, we're going to take a nap. In two minutes, we're going to take a nap. In one minute, we're going to take a nap. And I really advise every mom out there to start using 521 in every transition with their child, which means anytime your child is doing something that really is rocking her world, is turning her on so much, but you know oh God, we're going into dinner or we're going into the bedtime bath routine or we need to get out the door. We need to get our shoes on to go to the grocery store, where, whatever the heck we need to do. Use the 521. And what will happen is every time you use this, in five minutes, we're going to brush our teeth, two minutes and one minute. And by saying it, saying it forcefully, we're not going to, we're not, remember, we're, we're strong, confident, get moms. We're not going to like, 
in five minutes, we're going to brush our teeth. In two minutes, we're going to brush our teeth. Like, no, we're saying it confidently. We're using I, we're using I, um, I just, I, I'm totally I have, just. I have baby brains. So don't look at me. I'm like, I, oh, we're, we're, we're having direct eye contact. I know. Right. Like, hello. I, you know, real mom life. It's all good. Oh my gosh. So we're using, we're using five to one. We're using strong voice. We're using direct eye contact at their level. And if, you know, if they're doing something that is turning them on, we have to make sure to like get below their eye level to make sure that they are connecting with us. Otherwise they're just tuning us out because they don't care what we have to say. You know what they hear in their brains are like, wah, 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 you know, like on Charlie Brown peanuts. So as moms, if we keep using that five to one, we're being proactive on properly transitioning them so that they will start to learn when we, you know, as you're using this transition process with Amelia, she, as she gets older, she's gonna be like, okay, mom, like that was more like seven minutes, even though you say five minutes and then you come back at two there, you know, but she will get the clue so that you do not have to police every single situation. And so that the family flows much easier. And I always tell all my families, start the five to one at 18 months. They will get a clue and it will help you roll on to other things that need to happen within the family. Because, you know, we don't, we can't just like, our child just can't play all day long. We do have to do things. We have to do tasks. We have to do chores and we have to run our family and we can't just let them run the home. The home. And so definitely, please, I beg you, use the 521 to properly transition your child and have proactive discipline so that you, and you will find by doing this, your child will not be temper tantruming as much. And like, that's stressful. No one wants that. Oh yeah, no, totally. And, and I, and I'm going to try that because I, you know, I've been doing the 10 and five and it's not, it, it's not too bad overall. She doesn't fight me on it, but I'll switch it up and, 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 and try it and uh, see, you know, how the, you know, the five, two, one works with Amelia. And if she responds better, or, you know, if she's used to the 10 minute warning and five warning and stick to that, or, you know, if the five, two, one does have, make her a shift and maybe she's more aware, like, oh, it's really counting down. And like, I've got one minute kind of thing. Um, but I'll let, I'll definitely let you know. I'll, I'll please, I'll, please. And, and try and obviously, and, and I'll try with Arlie as brand, you know, as brand new. Like, oh my God, it's survival survival as you know I mean with all but you know it's funny I feel like it's as much as it's survival it's a little less intense I guess just because again going back to what you were saying I I know what to expect like whereas with Amelia I remember like I would be nursing and you know around the clock and I would look at Justin and I'd be like oh my god take her I, I can't like I cannot deal and I would like go to sleep and lay in my bed and like hide and he'd come in and be like hey she wants milk I'm like no you know like it was just like leave her like leave me alone but now with Arlie it's like I think I'm kind of like, it's more like I give in, like she's clustering and I'm just like, you know what? You're not going to cluster forever. Just get back on me because then you'll chill and then we can move on and you'll be happy and I'll be happy. And like, it's over. And so it's funny, I would say, as you learn more as you're a second time mom or third time mom, whatever, you do know more of what to expect. And then you're not so like shell shocked, right? It's like, oh, okay. I, I kind of know what this is. I'm still exhausted, but I'm not as like, oh my God, what's happening, you know? And so I feel but like- you're not as freaked out. And you know what? Like I loved when I had the, the second and third babies because 
they were just, they didn't talk to me. Whereas the toddlers, the older children are just so needy. And, and so anyone who's listening to this, who's pregnant with their second, like it's so blissful to have this new little one. Like you said, you know, you know that your new baby is not going to go to college with a pacifier in her mouth. Like, you know that. And yeah. so it's so much easier to accept that second one. Cause like, everyone's like, I'm never going to love my second one as much as I love my first one. I'm oh, like, Oh no. Right. And no. then heart burst. And I was like, Oh my God, this is wild. Right. I'm like, you will, because it's, it's such, it's so different from the toddler and the infants, the infant stage. And you're like, I love you because you are just a sweet angel and you don't talk to me and I can just chill with you. Right. <laughs> totally. Right. I could just look at you and be like, oh, the newborn bliss. Right. Totally. Right. Whereas the first one, you're not having that newborn bliss because you're so anxious and worried and stressed and just like your world is ending. You're just scared and everything sucks. And it's really, really hard to have that first baby. Right. Exactly. No, it is. And I think too, like, you know, it's funny, like how you were saying with the newborn bliss. And then it's like, I'll sometimes notice if Amelia is being super sweet and just like hanging on to me, wanting my attention, just like, mama, I love you, mama. And Arlie's screaming in my, in my ear. And I'm like, oh, I love you too. I'm so glad you can communicate to me that you love me and you're screaming, you know? So it's just funny how you bounce back and forth. Right. And you're just like, this one's giving you this. And then that one's giving you that. And it's just like, that's just the way it rolls. Like you kind of just have to know, like, it's going to be different different days, different moments with your totally different moments. And I love how you're laughing. Like I always say, if you aren't laughing every single day with your kids, you're not doing it right. And what's the point? Because right. your children are not going away. Yeah. So let's flip it, right? Let's have a good time because this is 24 seven. It is right. Yeah. It like never ends. Exactly. Well, and speaking of laughing, so we have started trying to get close to potty training now that Amelia is, you know, a little over two and she's starting to say, you know, potty, she's reading the potty book. She flushes the toilet for us. You know, she, um, yesterday went in the bathroom with me when I was <laughs> taking a poo and then she made a poo in her diaper. Of course I couldn't get her to go on the potty, but she, at least, you know, we got close in the sense of she felt the urge. She's telling us now like, Oh, I'm, I'm tooting, you know, for farting. Oh, I'm tooting or, Ooh, ah, wet, like, and she knows she's peeing. So she's starting to get there because she's aware of these different, like, you know, bowel movements and everything else. And we keep saying like, okay, let's go on the potty. And she's like, no potty, no potty. So we're, you know, so we're like, of course, in the thick of it and trying to figure out like, okay, without forcing you, without making you feel uncomfortable, but you're aware of it, how do we, you know, transition you to this. And I know you do a lot with potty training. So I want to be selfish and ask questions. And for those, <laughs> I'm sure also have questions too, but I want to hear like your potty training tips because we're like just almost there. I think from the cues I'm getting from Amelia that we're going to be transitioning to that. And speaking of laughing, like, you know, like we did a couple of days where we tried taking off a diaper and it was just like, you know, pee all over the floor and shit show. <laughs> And we just had to laugh because it's like, what are you going to do? Oh, there's pee all over the floor, you know, or, or she's taking off her own diaper and we're like, great. Yeah. Let's not do that. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's not time there lady. Oh, all right. Yeah. yeah. So I've been, actually, I feel I have been, I'm like the pee and poo queen during quarantine. Like I've done, been doing pee and poo queen in quarantine. 
right? That's a good, yeah. Let's put that on the, on the uh, podcast description. So with quarantine, I've been doing, I've, I've potty trained more families than all of the seven years of my get mom career. And that's because everyone is home. So um, if you guys are listening, Allie, if you're ready to do it, first off, I never, ever advise potty training a child one month after until at least one month after a new event happens in the family or before one month and something big happens in the family. So think about that. If you are moving or a new child is entering the family, you really want to be aware of all of like the energy and the busyness that's going on in the home because this is a very intense, it's not intense, but it's, um, it takes a lot of energy for mom and dad to be consistent and go through the process. So just want to make sure that if you're going to like, quote unquote, rip the band, like rip the diaper off, that you're going to carry through with it. And I think that's why I've been potty training so many families because they are at home, but they don't know what to do. And, or like you said, they've tried it and then it just, it was just stuff everywhere. And they're like, all right, I don't want to deal with this. This is, this is silliness. But then they also recognize, oh my gosh, we're home. We should totally do it. So number one, just make sure that you are not in the middle of major family transition. So for you with Arlie, I would wait, like just don't add another parenting milestone onto your plate just give yourself more time to like chill. Um, And then I'm the hugest fan of the three-day potty training method. Anyone can go, you guys can Google it. It is 72 hours at home, total naked time. You know, parents, moms even say to me like, like just sitting with her vagina uh, in the high chair. I'm like, yeah, that's what goes on. It's full, full on naked fest and make sure, you know, again, you have to make sure that your entire parenting village is going to support you. Your child does not leave the home for the entire three days straight. And the only time that she wears a diaper is during her nap and her overnight sleep. And it's really important that we set a timer we're sitting on that pot every 10 minutes and it is so monotonous and so boring, but you just, if you, if, if you as a parent feel your child is ready, this method works. And I'm all about like the most important piece of it is communication with your child and getting everything set up one week in advance. Um, I love the idea of mom and dad taking their child to the store to buy stickers, buy that poster board, buy the undies, make sure you have a potty book, make sure you have any types of treats that, you know, turn your child on, juice, and, and, you know, like really healthy organic parents will say to me, you know, the, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to just be feeding my kids sugar to get this done. And so then I say, well, okay, that's totally fine. So what does, 
what makes your kid happy? You know, not, not a, a $10 toy every time your child tinkles in the potty. There's definitely some type of incentive that turns your child on that will make your child do something. And maybe it's not, you know, a package of fruit snacks or three Skittles. There's always, there's always some type of reward out there. So I want, you know, anyone who's, who's like, oh, I'm not going to like kowtow to this whole sugar fest. I say, your, again, your kid is not going to go to college always needing a bag of Skittles <laughs> to, take, to, to take a poo. So we're going to the store, we're having a date, we're buying the potty chair, we're buying pull-ups, we're buying the sticker chart, the reward candy, the juice, the undies. Or we're Amazoning during quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon Prime for most of us. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I mean, hey. That you know what? That's what's like. Thank goodness we have all these resources while we're in quarantine. I mean, your doorstep, and you're like, all right, great, I got this. Great, thank you. Right, I can feel kind of normal, like having something new. And so one week in advance, and then all you're doing is talking about going on the potty. In five days, we're all done with we're all done with diapers. Even though I say that. Your child does not need to know your child's wearing a pull-up during nap and overnight sleep. It's the idea because your child only knows diapers. They know that word. So in five days, we're all done with diapers. We're going on the potty. In four days, blah, 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 blah. So we're still going with that reminder. Children really respond well to less is more. And often I find parents like to give a whole lecture and I, and again, we go back to Charlie Brown. They, they tune us out. They tune us out. So less is more. And again, it's the same script. And it's really, I know it's like so boring for us to be like, in four days, we're going on the potty. But it works. And then the, the next, the, the morning where you kick off, that's where you have everything set up in one central location. And often, I know this may sound gross, but it's the kitchen because that's where the heart is. And that's where we spend a lot of time. And we set up the potty station. We set that timer. We're naked and we're going for it. And we're pushing the liquids as much as possible. And there are accidents. There are laugh. There's laughter. We're not, we're not going to like get ourselves wrapped up in, you know, if our kid never pees in the potty for the entire day, it's, it's a mantra of saying, you know what? My child is not going to college peeing in a diaper. This will happen. And it's just being patient. And, and especially like it's really important for moms to not look at the potty training success as their like, mom report card. Like never put that type of pressure on yourself or on your child because that is an evil game. Yeah, right. Well, and I'm, I'm taking notes. Um, so I wanted to ask you, so you're saying I should wait because of Arlie being brand new. And like, we haven't really started. It's been more just kind of like, you know, testing and seeing because she does talk about it. Now, my question for our family is she will say to us like, oh, I, oh, wet, oh, peeing, oh, I'm tooting, oh, I'm pooping. And she knows and she'll push and like, and she knows when it's coming and she's really starting to pay attention to the sensations and all that. So when we do decide to do it, and she keeps telling us no potty. How do you, without forcing them, without them feeling like you are pushing them to do something they don't want to do, 
and they keep saying she'll keep saying to us because we'll like ask her do you want to go on the potty because she'll tell us she's pooping do you want to go on the potty no potty no potty no potty so how do you and we've gotten by the way two potties there we have a cute pink one we have a cute <laughs> blue one that stings like you know what i mean so like and she's seen them and she's played with them she's taking them apart because she reverse engineers everything she takes them apart she puts them back together she flushes she plays the song she claps like she gets a, a part of it you know what i mean but she says no potty no potty how do you navigate that so how you navigate that is remember you've now gone on your date you've made her a part of this process. She is taking control. She's picked out her entire potty party, right? So this is hers. This isn't you shoving it down her throat, even though, even though, right, it's scary. You know, who doesn't want to just go behind a couch and poop in a diaper and just be done with it? <laughs> I mean, I don't, but you know, our children, that's, that what that's what gives them comfort that's all they've known so this is it's a very vulnerable situation for them so by giving them choices and being in charge it gives them the buy in and control over learning and by learning this is a really long process yes it's a 3 day process it doesn't mean that we're completely accident free does not mean and also let's let's be real it takes over a year until a child is overnight trained. So this is a really slow, long situation. So again, by making your child part of the process, choosing her stickers and her undies and the treats and setting everything up in the potty party station, it really makes a child feel in control and excited. And I like, I go into like the psychology of like, who does your child love the most? Is it Grammy where we can say, Hey, you know, let's, let's FaceTime Grammy because you just did a pee pee in the potty. And to us, it's so like ridiculous, right? We would never, even though like, right. If you have a baby, you're like, Oh my gosh, I just like took a poop. It was so exciting. <laughs> but to a child, this is a really massive milestone. So it's just like getting into your child's psychology of what turns them on. And that will then ease their fears of no, 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 I, I don't want to go in the potty. Because it is like, think about, think about it this way. When we go into a porta potty, do we want to sit on a porta potty with a six foot like trench underneath? No, that's super creepy and scary. So, so even though the, the child's potty is only five inches below their little tush, it's super creepy and scary. So we have to like, just think about it in their terms and by constant encouragement and making them a part of it rather than shoving it down their throats and being a dictator will ease their fears. Okay. That's really good advice. So with the pull-ups, once you tell them like, oh, okay, five more days and then no more diapers, then you switch into the pull-up and they're in the pull-ups only only for nap and for overnight sleep. So it's it's like deceiving to say no more diapers. But and the good news is they have children, toddlers, they've really short-term memories. So by we saying no more, you know, in five days we're done with diapers, what that means is we're going to Nakey time as soon as your child wakes up. Got it. But you're still putting on the pull-up 
for naps and overnight sleep because this is not, this is far from over. It's, right. it's a real, it's a really long process and right. just, it's like all about being gentle and kind and, and by doing the three-day process, it does not mean by any stretch of the imagination that mom and dad are home the entire 72 hours because you would totally go mental. It's really important that you switch off and take a, take a break from the monotony of potty training. And, and if you can, you know, have extended family members help you, it's just crucial that your child never leaves the home and that you're consistent with the method. And what will happen on day two, your child, she'll feel kind of lonely. She'll look out the window. like, when, when can I go out? Well, after you're potty trained, that's when you can go out, even though right. on day four, your child's not fully potty trained, but it's, it's holding, kind of dangling that carrot of the outside time that makes it real that you want to go out. And, you know, a lot of things, a lot of times I work with families um, and they feel like we go into the differences between bribing and incentives. And I always say, well, do you want to go to work? why do you go to work? It's to get a paycheck. Is that a bribe or an incentive? Well, it's an incentive. So with potty training, day four outside time is your child's incentive to stay strong and stay consistent because they really, they want to break free from the prison of potty training. Um, and trust me, day four is really scary for we moms because we've never left the house with our child in underwear. Um, so make sure to bring plenty of changes of clothes, but it's just, it's a really, it's an exciting time and it's almost, you know, the, the next like big milestone is sending your child to drop off preschool and kindergarten. And, you know, it's, 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 it's really like you think about, you've got sleep training is such a massive hurdle and then potty training is even bigger than sleep training. And it's a long, it's a much longer process than sleep training. So it's just all about consistency and communication and never letting your child see your disappointment because it's, it's, who cares? It's an accident. Right. Exactly. And you have to laugh about it, right? Cause that's just what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> Well, okay, and I, and I hear Arlie's crying, and my husband looked at me like, <laughs> speaking of having a nurse, I need to wrap up soon, real mom life. But um, going back to the pro, you know, the proactive, like actual, you know, you were saying like you try to have good positive reinforcement and all of that. Can you touch a little bit more upon that? All right, so let's talk, right. So it's all about proactive discipline. So we talked about, the five, two, one. Another really crucial piece of this is choices. And I'm all about from more, from wake up to nighttime, giving your child just two choices. And the reason for choices is because when your child is able to dictate her day all day long, when you need to yank her control, she flows with it because she has, in her mind, felt the control all day long. So for example, 7 a.m., we wake up. Do you want waffles or pancakes? Do you want um, pineapple or strawberries? Do you want to wear red socks or blue socks? And by giving choices all day long, it helps the child become a great decision maker, which 
hello, don't like we as women, we can all use skills to be better decision makers. And so just let's start young moms. And so when we have to yank and say, nope, you're, you're done with your second show. It's time to wrap it up and go up to nap time. Your child has felt in control of her day. So there is less of a power struggle because your child has felt, you know what? I got to do what I wanted to do all day long. And so mommy now says, I have to turn off my show. And there's just a flow to it. So it's all about the five to one and it's all about choices all day long. And it's only two choices because otherwise more, any more than that is just overwhelming to a toddler's brain. And I just highly suggest do this all day long to help your child feel in control of her own life. I love that. And I think that it just makes, helps make them more independent and thrive and become their own little humans, right? Because that's, we're raising you know, hopefully kind and wonderful humans. That's right. I mean, the goal is for our child to move out of our house and be their own human. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. And hopefully a good human. So, you know, you want to make sure you, yeah, you do all those things. Well, I I love everything you shared and gave me so many amazing tips. And I love what, you know, get mom is all about and everything you're doing. Is there anything else you'd want to leave us with before I let you go? I would say the only thing is I want to tell you guys is just remember just because your mom does not, just because your mom does not mean you're dead and you are the most important person in your family because without you, your family would not exist. Oh, I love that. That's so such good advice and like, so (laughs) needs to be said more often. So thank you, Irene. Well, tell us where we can find you, plug yourself, all that good stuff. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. This has been so nice. On a nice, like a hot, sweltering Friday afternoon. It's a happy mommy time. Like sometimes I nap. Sometimes I lay down with no meditation. Other times I choose to podcast because this, even though it is part of my business, I love connecting with other mamas. I obviously become friends with you and so many other amazing moms. And it makes me feel good. And it gives me back and pours back into my cup when we all get to share. Absolutely. It's just like it's inspiring, right? All right. So you guys can find me at getmom.com on all the social channels. I have a book on Amazon, how to get it together, efficient and effective parenting tips for happy mommy time. And I think that's it. My book, my podcast, getting it together. It'll all be in the show notes, of course. Her book is so good. Make sure you guys check it in and, and, you know, get it and support. Always supporting my mamas. I've been reading it. It's such a great book. And it's one of those you can actually read and feel like good about yourself. I'm like, I can do that and not feel like. Right. It's not 800 page too. Exactly. And it's easy tips. It's not like, oh my gosh, let me try to reinvent the wheel while I'm losing my mind in motherhood. So thank you for that. And your, you know, your book and everything you do is amazing, Irene. And till next time guys, cheers. Bye.